Crosstalk. This is the cross table discussion about cross type topics. 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 In a minute. Topics. 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 I'm Sam O'Banion. That's Nick Pannone. Welcome back. Yeah. If you're not listening to this uh, in order or this is like small group material, Mm -hmm. then you're like, what are they talking about? Uh, And if you're listening to this in sequential order as we release them, it's been like two or three weeks. So yeah, we there are a couple things that that popped up, and we hit May on the church calendar. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, little little bit of prioritizing. Exactly. Yeah. But we're here. We're we are. doing it. Philippians. Philippians two. Finishing Philippians two. Yeah. What a wild ride it's been. It is. Philippians two nineteen through thirty. Yeah. And so I'm just gonna read it. And Why don't then we you can read that, talk. and then we'll do some things. Uh, I'll, I'll mention just a couple things to give us, provide us a little context for what we're reading and what we're talking about. Yeah. Because um, this is slightly different text than what the rest of Philippians mm-hmm. has been. Yeah. It's, and yeah. some fun words. Awesome um, words. All right. Yeah. Philippians 2, 19 through 30. Let's do it. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send you, send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow so- soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need, for he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Yeah. Uh, so, again, different text what, here. What right? a guy. Yep. Hey, just a little context here. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so just some things that are around this. Uh, I, I highly <laughs> encourage you to go listen to uh, previous... Uh, podcast that we've done on Philippians so that we understand some of the nature of, of, of what it is that we're looking at. But since chapter 1, verse 27, mm-hmm. Paul has been providing exhortation, Yeah, right? And we have defined exhortation, I think, uh, a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's uplifted uh, encouragement or direction or here's what you need to do, but it's presented in a not in a way, but it's it, the presentation of it is that do this because it uplifts you, mm-hmm. yeah. right, or it betters you. Um, and then uh, next week when we get to look at chapter 3, starting in verse 1, we get back to exhortation again, which is the nature of Paul's letters, right, mm-hmm. which is the, it's, it's a call to action yeah. is basically what, what this is. He takes a pause right here in, in these verses and says, here is what I am planning on doing. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, Tells us about two dudes. Yeah, just two guys. <laughs> yeah. Just two dudes being dudes. Dude, you know? <laughs> something just like that. Just dudes being dudes. Just something Hanging like out that. at a jail. Yeah. Doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out in Rome with Paul. Um, and to have those guys with you in jail, uh, that gives us a little context of Paul, too, yeah. in, in his experience in Rome. So, yeah, he he. It, this is an informative piece of text, mm-hmm. right? 
I was racking my brain trying to think, have I ever heard a sermon or a lesson on this specific scripture? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, because it, it would be, it's preachable. Like, it's not, it, it is preachable. You have to do some work with it. A little bit, yeah, but yeah. still, it's, yeah. It, it, it is, but it's not, it's not one of the, it's not like, it's not devotional scripture, mm-hmm. right? Uh, although you can make the case all scripture is devotional, but it's not, like, no one hangs chapter 2, verse 19, above their fireplace, <laughs> yeah. right? Because um, it, it, it's not one of those things, but it is informative, and I think that provides uh, some pretty critical ways for us to understand the Scripture and some historical ways for us to understand yeah, the text. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We learn a lot about Epaphroditus in, like, three verses. It's like, oh, wow, this is a... This is a historical figure. Of yeah, it's like to a point where I actually thought he was mentioned in other places, <laughs> <laughs> and trying to figure out where it is. And nope, this yeah. is this is the bigger chunk. He gets mentioned again at, at, in uh, chapter four. Mm-hmm. But so the information we get here is pretty clear cut and dry. We learn uh, of information of Paul's plans to visit the Philippian church. Yep, we learn that he is sending Timothy uh, in his stead, mm-hmm. and he's sending back Epaphroditus. Yeah, right. he's sending Epaphroditus, and then it seems like he's going to send Timothy as soon as he kind of has a clearer picture of what's happening. Correct, with him. <laughs> and, and we'll break some things down. With yeah, that, so. which, yeah, it's it's just such a cool thing to see a clear relationship between these men. Of like, it's just in just a few verses we get to paint a picture of the actual personhood of these people including paul yeah it's very it we do this thing with i think the bible especially but probably a lot of books where we think of it in the abstract yeah especially historical figures yeah uh kind of characterize them yeah think of it like uh washington chopping down a cherry tree Uh and then can't tell a lie or whatever right it's like that's a very abstract thought of who a person is when yeah, it, this humanizes yeah, the efforts here. Exactly. Right. It, it humani- and I think it actually makes it more relatable. And so oh, for sure. Um, which uh, comes back to the preachability of this mm-hmm. of this text. And there there is a lot of um, hermeneutic type concepts that we can take away from this. Yeah. And not the least of which is I, I pray that anyone listening to this, I pray that for us, that we have the Timothys and Epaphrodituses in our own <laughs> lives. That's like spur of the moment. If you gave me this scripture and said, write a sermon in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it would be, who are you and who are you surrounding yourself with? Yes. Like that's what the moral of that, yeah. like that's what I would write. Occasionally you'll hear people in our position say, uh, everyone needs to have a Timothy in their lives and everyone needs to have a Paul in their lives, mm-hmm. right? Someone that's pouring into you and someone you're pouring into. Yeah. And this is the type of text that that idea, come, that concept comes from. Yeah. And so, uh, really, really neat. Um, so, let's jump into this. Uh, it, this one breaks down a little bit differently, very cleanly, but a little bit differently, because we're, we're going to combine some, some of the verses rather than just a verse-by-verse mm-hmm. type thing. That being said, verse 19 kind of stands alone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with itself. Um, so, it's the commendation of, of Timothy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, uh, to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. That I may be cheered by news of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a couple phrases in there. First of all, Paul declares his desire to send Timothy, right? Yep. This is not an uncommon thing. Um, we're going to see some differences with Timothy and Epaphroditus here, but Timothy is often sent 
by Paul or often commissioned by Paul to do certain services for churches. One that's blatantly clear is if you read in 1 Corinthians 4.17, uh, Paul sending essentially Timothy ahead of him, mm-hmm. uh, even with his desire to go visit the Corinthians. But he, you read 1 17 and then some verses after that and just a bunch of things. I'm sending Timothy to you because boom, 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 boom. Right? Yeah. So this isn't completely uh, foreign here. Yeah. Um, also, Timothy has a very significant ministry in Macedonia, which is where uh, Philippi is, kind of on the northern northern eastern pers- portion of this yeah right um so i mean he's half greek so he, that he he is that he, helps he is and we'll talk about that here in a second yeah because i want to talk about the phrases first but just so you know that ministry that that we see significant involvement of timothy in is in berea in acts 17 mm-hmm. um he has a significant ministry in thessalonica we read about this in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, first letter to the Thessalonians, and then obviously in Philippi, as we read right here, so he's not sending a foreigner to the <laughs> Philippian church. Yeah. Much, much later on, when if you were to read the the Paul's last letters, which are to Timothy, so mm-hmm. first and second Timothy are Paul's last letters, uh, almost no one debates the dates of that. Yeah. But Timothy is serving in uh, Ephesus, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, which... If you're anybody that's anybody in the New Testament ends up serving <laughs> in Ephesus. We got Paul serving in Ephesus. At one point, Peter served in Ephesus. John is in Ephesus. Because, as we said, Ephesus is effectively Chicago of it ancient is. Rome. Like, it's a big deal. It is. And it's just kind of a hop, skip, and a jump over the pond to go visit Macedonia. Yeah. So it's a good place to over, even oversee some I mean, of It's the, right on the coast of in the Mediterranean. Like, it, it's a perfect spot. It is. And... And we'll see here in just a little bit that that's actually where Paul traveled from when he met Timothy. Yeah. Okay. So two phrases in here real quick that I think um, are really important. First, uh, the the phrase, I hope in the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right. It seems like to me in this in the study that you and I get to do on, on these podcasts, we keep running into this concept of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I I think it bears mentioning every single time that we do that we we've got to sort of strip the Disney from hope. It's not crossing your fingers. It's not crossing your. It's not even a wish. Yeah. Right. It's not a wish upon a star. Thinking. Yeah. It's not a. It's not. I'm in my dreams. This is what I want to happen. But hope is secure and a very tangible concept. Yeah. Right. And we see for Paul, it's hope in the Lord Jesus, right? It's mm-hmm. anchored. Yeah. I, it, to me, we need to mention that every time we yeah. see that. It's hard because we don't really have a. I don't. I think I could argue that we don't really have an English word for their concept of hope, like right? Because because we have turned it into such a like. It's synonymous with wish. It's not really like if I say. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that this happens. Today it is. I'm effectively saying, I wish that would happen. Yeah, I hope I have pizza tonight. Yeah. Right? It's just, it may or may not happen. Yeah. And and that's not the case at all. That's not the sense of it at all. Um, I wrote this down. Paul didn't write this phrase as a tack-on to this. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't a way to um, biblify <laughs> what his desire is. Mm-hmm. He also didn't write this as an escape clause. Like, if Timothy doesn't make it, 
know that it was just a hope. Yeah. Right. Um, but he wrote that he wrote this because this is a principle by which he lived and really the principle by which his ministry operated. Mm-hmm. And if you need proof of that, read everything in Philippians up to this point. Right. That that's the tan the tangible, the measurable part of all of hope mm-hmm. that, that he has. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the uh, the other kind of phrase or the word that's in here, cheered, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which I, I really, really like. So I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be cheered by news of you. Mm-hmm. Um, fun word, yupsuko. Yeah, yupsuko yeah. is the root, is the base word. Yeah. Yeah. So in there is is the root Suke. Suke. Like where we get our word psychology mm-hmm. or psychiatry. Soul. Life. Soul. Mind. So this word literally means lifted mind or lifted being mm-hmm. or that my soul might be lifted. Yeah. Uplifted. I read uh, one count that said it was a long, it was an old one. And mm-hmm. so it said like, this is to be of good courage. And I was like, oh, that's an old fashioned way of saying But that. it's a great way of yeah. saying it. To be of good courage. Yes, sir. It, 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 and it's a great way of thinking of this. Mm-hmm. And so, but it also... Lends its that word lends itself to why Paul might choose someone like Timothy to send, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and he's going to list some reasons here in a second. But there are other ways to communicate things uh, to the Philippians if he really wanted to. Yeah, um, they still had a mail system, mm-hmm. right? He could he could have sent things over mail. Now their mail system was vastly slower than what we get to experience today. But they also have couriers. Mm-hmm. He could have hired a courier uh, to do that, and their job is messenger. I mean, they they, they take letters, they take gifts, yeah. um, and and it's the FedEx of the first century, right? Mm-hmm. And that that kind of thing existed. But he selected Timothy to be the one to do this, and I think specifically for that Yupsuko, right? Yeah, for to for be sure. cheered. Okay. Uh, I think we need to talk about Timothy for a second. That's right? fine. Yeah. All right. For so sure. Timothy's actually wildly popular in the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's Acts 16 that we meet Timothy for the first time. Um, Paul is traveling to Derby and Lystra. Mm-hmm. Right. Now this is not Derby, Kansas. He was coming all the way to Kansas. <laughs> yeah, he's coming all the way to Kansas. No, Derby and Lystra. This is a movement uh, toward Macedonia. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's heading west toward Macedonia. He encounters Timothy learns of his reputation, an honorable reputation, and he wants this guy to be part of his... And, and we read that it's Paul and Silas that are, are traveling, and he wants this guy uh, to be this. Also, you might read that it's Paul and Sylvanius, same guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, Silas, Sylvanius, same guy. Um, Timothy has a Jewish mother and a Greek father. We read We have one verse in there that says one of the first things they did before ministry started with Timothy is they, he went and got circumcised, because we wanted, didn't want to have the confusion, yeah. right? This, we didn't want this to be a, uh, an issue that has to be addressed every single time that they encounter yes. a place, right? Um, so it's not because they believe that circumcision led to salvation. That It's that, look, we're going to be in synagogues. We need to go ahead and make sure that this is not going to be a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the first stop with Timothy is Macedonia in Philippi, mm-hmm. where they meet a lady named Lydia, who has her own business, which we've talked about this in the very first episode of, of, of Philippi, our Philippian study. 
it is here that Paul and Silas are sent to prison where massive earthquakes happen. Jailer freaks out because he thinks everybody is leaving, and they convert the jailer in his home, and he becomes essentially part of this church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's where we meet Timothy, and then he becomes a guy from here on out. He's mentioned in almost all of Paul's letters, traveling with him everywhere. Paul sends him to a bunch of places, and ultimately he's the one that... uh, takes the the torch from, from Paul yeah. in, in ministry. Yep. Yeah. He's the right-hand man to he, Paul. Yes, he is. Sure. And here, these next verses we're going to see, he's actually much, much closer than that. And yeah. He, he's the link between the first-generation church and the second-generation church. Yes. Okay. Very good. All right, so verse 20, we begin the commendation of Timothy, right? That, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare... Right, and I just want to pause right there. That's going to seep in. That that leads us perfectly into the next couple verses. But no one else like him is one word. (laughs) No, yeah, (laughs) one word. Isopsukos. Yep. Again. Isopsuk. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the root word of suke, Mm -hmm. psychology, psychiatry, mind, being. It literally means that we are liked, sold. Mm-hmm. We are like-minded, like being. Yeah, right. That there is a connection that is beyond just a normal relationship. Yeah, uh, equal of like the same, <laughs> basically of the same. Right, yoke spirit. Sending Timothy is me being present with you. Yeah, right. Um, so he's not just a business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gives three reasons for this. Right. So the, the he's a partner partner in commitment and burdens. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he gives three reasons for this. The first one's mentioned in this. Um, he has genuine concern um, or interest in the Philippian welfare, yeah. right? And that that genuine concern or that genuine uh, interest. Another fun word, ganesios. I think I said that right. Ganesios. Yeah. Uh, it means legitimate, but the literal definition of this. So this genuine concern, this genuine interest, is born in wedlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for Paul, he he defines this a little bit for us. He gives us context that he acts as a son of Paul, which means uh, he knows that when he he's he's representing not just himself, right? Yeah. That he comes from legitimate source. Like there's there's no, I'm coming from Paul. Mm-hmm. So hear my words; they're Paul's words. Yeah. Yeah. What a fun word. <laughs> that born in wedlock, anasios, means a genuine concern, a genuine interest, a legitimate. I'm coming with you, coming to you with legitimate uh, desire for I, good things for you. I can't be more genuine. Yes. <laughs> effectively what that word means. Like, exactly. When it says, what does it say? Yeah, genuine, genuinely concerned. It's like the most genuine you can. Like, exactly. I, I'm not using genuine to be a light word. He is exactly like me. Exactly. In this. E- no. Exactly. Okay. So, like I said, that's the first reason mm-hmm. why why Timothy's the guy. He's got a genuine concern for you. Um, then we read about the next two reasons in the next two verses. Mm-hmm. Okay. So twenty one and twenty two. Uh, for they all seek their own interests, not oh, excuse me. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, has served with me in the gospel. Um, so, w- next reason is that we know 
Paul says that he's not seeking his own interests. He's, so it, it's kind of the invert of that that mm-hmm. he sought that uh, that of, he sought the interests of Jesus rather than his own. Yeah, right. I'm coming in to you. Goes back to ver, uh, verse 19 in the Lord Jesus. Yeah, right. Then he mentions the second one, Timothy's commitment to Paul, and Paul describes this as a father-son type of relationship. And I, I don't know that that can be overstressed uh, enough. Again, I'm sending him, um, and as I'm sending him, you need to receive him like you receive me, and that there are other places that Paul quite literally says that. Yeah, and I mean, read First and Second Timothy. You can see the relationship oh, is absolutely. beyond that of just a disciple or a follower or yeah. whatever he is. And to our knowledge, we don't ever read about Paul actually ever having his own son or his own children. Yeah. Um, and so the, he very well might have viewed Timothy as his. And correct me if I'm wrong, but Timothy's father is really only mentioned as like a Greek, but his mother and his grandmother are both fairly exclusively talked about. Correct. And so uh, just begs the question is Timothy's father not in the picture? And it was kind of a symbiotic relationship for that reason. It's possible. You you kind of have one passing comment of him in Acts 16, and we don't hear of him after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, this led me just to ask the question, why does Paul go to this link, or why does he go this far about Timothy, right? The Philippians know Timothy, Mm -hmm. right? Again, Philippi was a part of his ministry. Um, In the... What what I found, I guess what I kind of came up with is I, I think part of it is he's aiding Epaphroditus, mm-hmm. who we're, we're going to read about here in just a second, who Epaphroditus apparently was sent by the Philippians to go check in on Paul. Yep. And so Paul's sending Epaphroditus back. Um, and so he's aiding him it, it to show this was a successful trip. Like you accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish. I think he's reinforcing Paul's heartbeat for the Philippians too. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm sending... My son. (laughs) Yeah. Someone that is so close to me that he is a genuine article. He is the the only one I would want to send to you. In lieu of me being able to be there personally, I'm sending you the guy. Yeah. Right? I'm I'm sending you the guy. Not even number two, like 1B from my 1A. Correct. Correct. Um, And it's also, I think, a chance for Timothy to revisit the Philippians. Yeah. So I don't know how long he's been in Rome with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is his opportunity to go reconnect, mm-hmm. right? Okay, then we learn of Timothy's importance, just to emphasize that, re-emphasize that, I guess. So in 23 and 24, uh, I hope, there's our word again, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Again, we see Paul's hope uh, demonstrating this, and again, not a, not a wish, Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the plan. This is the the meat of this. But at the same time, I'm subject to God's will. Yeah. Right. Um, so Paul stresses his need for Timothy to kind of hang out for a little while longer. Uh, <laughs> the the word there is afarao, afarao, and it means to learn about. I've got some things I need to learn about first. I need Timothy to kind of figure out some words or some uh, some stuff with me right here. Right. Let's yeah. let let's not be Hasteful in 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 incident. I don't want to rush this out too fast. Yes. Okay, for sure. Got some stuff to accomplish. Also, Timothy is to stand in for Paul when Paul couldn't be there himself. Mm-hmm. 
that's like the third kind of emphasis of that. Again, he is he is like my child. Yeah. Yeah. And we see Paul's desire. I want to come visit you. I want to be there face to face. I want to be there in person. Yeah. Yeah. I uh I don't know. I really liked and I trust in the Lord that surely I myself will come also. Mm-hmm. I think you could preach a sermon just on that sure. sentence. Sure. Because he won't. <laughs> he won't go back to see the Philippians like this. But he, it's not, I think that's a good example of like how we, where we would put the word hope, mm-hmm. like our modern idea of what hope is. Like mm-hmm. he's hopeful that he's going to go see the Philippians yeah. again. I don't know. It's just an interesting idea of like, I'm trusting the Lord that I will get to see you again, but he doesn't. And like, how do, how would Paul have rectified that trust in God not being met? And then how do we do the same? How can we do that? Well, I think he answers that in verse 19. Yeah. Right. So his, his, the the rectification that happens with that is that the fact that he doesn't, that we're aware of, get to see the Philippians again, does not move his trust away from the Lord. Yeah. Right, because his priority is not himself. The priority is God's will, God's uh, development of of the situation, mm-hmm. rather than his own. And he's very honest about his heart's desire. Yeah, with that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, I have one Go more. Ahead. No, do fun it. thing. Yeah, I made this. I made nineteen through uh, twenty three into a mini chiasm. Okay, <laughs> just just because. <laughs> It's a stretch, <laughs> and no, I couldn't find anybody else doing it, but uh-huh. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I hope and I hope, obviously. Uh-huh. A chiasm, for all those that need to know, a chiasm is when you have, at the start, and the, the first sentence, basically, and the last sentence mirror each other, and yeah. then the next sentence, then the second sentence, and the next to last sentence mirror each other, and it highlights that middle Correct. section. If you don't know what a chiasm is, that's a literary term uh-huh. for what that does. You can have... You could have a chiasm of a hundred plus sentences, yeah. with the middle one being the the thesis. It's essentially bread, vegetables, meat, cheese, vegetables, bread. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're highlighting the meat and the cheese. You, yeah, uh, correct. But I hope and I hope, A and A right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how as a son with a father, is a uh, is a very close relationship, almost like I have no one like him. So there Suke. you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh similar. And then um that therefore <laughs> uh oh wait. Proven worth and genuinely concerned. I I paired those up. Oh, uh-huh. that one's the stretch. Uh-huh. All uh-huh. to highlight that uh seek not your own interests but Jesus Christ's interests. There you go. Which I don't know what that would mean, the implications of that, but I did well, it. I think we I, do know what the implications are, yeah. right? That hey, this is we're pursuing God's will, and this is yeah. the manner in which that's that's happening. Yeah, right. At the the thesis of Timothy, the thesis of Timothy, me sending him to you, is that he is seeking Jesus, not himself. As as am I. Yeah, and as are as are you. As you ought to be. Yeah. And yeah. as are you, which he spells that out starting in chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Yeah. So you're welcome, <laughs> world. I'm going to write there a commentary. That's, that's Sam's commentary right there. <laughs> Good deal. So Timothy's not going by himself. No. All right. So we have in verse 25 then our our new paragraph on <laughs> apparently a new guy. Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Yeah. Welcome Man, to the world, Epaphroditus. Why don't we name people Epaphroditus anymore? Especially Epaphroditus was a pretty common name of the time. It's bizarre that Timothy's uh, Timothy is a name that survives to, even to today. Yeah. 
I know nobody named Epaphroditus. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> um, cool if you did. I know. I, I would... Yeah. I have a a working theory that most... The, only, the names that survive time are the ones that are either short and easy. Paul, <laughs> John. Right. Or are easily nicknameable. Timothy, Tim. Right. What are you going to do with Epaphroditus? Epa? Epaph. Epaphroditus. I don't you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. See, I I think that's the the key. It has to either be short and sweet or nicknameable. Yeah, there are a lot of letters in that. Um, but nonetheless, he seems pretty important to Paul. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh yeah. Okay. So again, a similar pattern to our descriptions of uh, Paul sending Epaphroditus along with Timothy, as we have with Timothy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So verse twenty five becomes our com- uh, commendation. Mm-hmm. Right. I have thought it necessary to send uh, to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. <coughs> right. So first of all, I want to want to address the implication here. Um, y- your messenger and minister to my need. Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems like the Philippians sent, sent Epaphroditus yeah. to check in on Paul. That's how he's received his gift. That's how he's received his information about. The Philippian church mm-hmm. is Epaphroditus got to be the guy, right? Uh, interesting note on that. Um, Philippian messenger is the word apostolos. I I read a article uh-huh. that argued that Epaphroditus was could could use the word apostolos because he actually witnessed Jesus in the flesh. I wish we Thoughts. could know that, right? <laughs> yeah. I wish that we because for again for those not initiated not yeah. all wait n- not all apostles are disciples but not all disciples are apostles correct to be an apostle you have to have seen Jesus in the flesh correct which is why Paul is an apostle because he got knocked off his horse by Jesus in the flesh well and and that word has has taken on um even kind of fresher meaning mm-hmm. i would say um Today, an apostle would be considered a missionary, okay? So a sent one. Yeah. That, that's what it means. That's why yeah, we can say right. the messenger you sent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and and uh, it's curious to translate that as Epaphroditus as the Philippian your, apostle. Your apostle, yeah. Yeah, which there's probably a strong case that could be made for that because that's not a word they just flippantly used. Yeah. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. Or did he see Jesus in the flesh and correct make his way? Now, there's some stronger insinuation we can we can uh, make with the word minister. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm interested, genuinely interested in your thoughts on the uh, Laetorgon. Yeah, Laetorgon, Laetorgos, right? Yeah. Okay. So it means minister or servant, mm-hmm. right? But it's not the common word we would use for minister or pastor. Yeah, it's not Christian minister or like Correct. church minister. It's this like a is public one, servant. Well, it is, and but also one who administers a religious service. Yeah, it, so, it could be like public servant, um, military service, or like a priest, like a religious figure. Correct. It could be any of those. We get our word liturgy from this word. Yeah. Right? So... The, the the formal service here. I think they sent Epaphroditus to have serve church service with mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah. Like let's it, it to me it heightens the importance of 
our participation in that service. They thought it so important that they sent Epaphroditus all the way from Philippi, which is north of the Mediterranean, all the way to Rome. Mm-hmm. Paul needs to participate in a, in a church service, yeah. right? That the formality of church is a critical piece of our spiritual walk and development. Yeah. That's what I think. I mm-hmm. think Epaphrodites, probably they probably had communion together. They probably worshiped together. They probably prayed together and probably exchanged a lot of lessons together, a lot of sermon-type yeah. pre- preaching with one another. And, I mean, he finished the minister to my need. I mean, that for Paul, that is a, like, he is in need of community and worship and a loving relationship with someone who wants to Absolutely. be there. So it is, it's like sending... It's like okay, who can who on our on our uh, Philippian Christian church staff can visit Paul and administer these things to him? And, and absolutely, absolutely. So I think there was a liturgy, yeah, portion of this. That that's my thought on it for sure. Yeah, I I don't and yeah, to say you're apostle and liturgist is a very heavy sentence for Epaphroditus. Again, yeah. it paints a picture of Epaphroditus that. Two words in English. I don't know if we could like yeah. to say your apostle and liturgist is a heavy thing, a heavy, it, 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 and it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it we learned something about Epaphroditus. Yeah. there. we learned and, something about Paul. And to call for Paul to call him my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier. Okay, really critical, important words, right? Yeah. So a, a Delphone, right? Mm-hmm. Brother. Um, uh, let's see if I can say these right. Sunergon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so fellow uh, fellow worker. Good luck. Yep. Sustatiotain. You, mi- you missed a row. Oh, I did. Sustratiotain. Sustratiotain. Too many syllables. Yeah. Uh, fellow soldier. Yeah. All right. So a family word, a vocation word, and a military word. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these are Epaphroditus participates with Paul in. Um, and we're familiar essentially with the family word. Uh, Adelphoi, Adelphone, Adelphos appears all over Paul's letters. Uh, we're even pretty familiar with the vocation word, that fellow soldier word. Uh, it begs the question, what are they soldiering? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a spiritual element here. Mm-hmm. That this this guy S- is... Strong word. Yeah. We are opposing some kind of force together. Mm-hmm. We uh, A bond is made in the trenches. Yeah. And this bond has occurred and ha- and continues to occur with Epaphroditus, and that's the guy I'm sending back to you. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk about reasons for all that. Four, all right. yep. Okay, so this I actually have 26, 27, and 28 all together. Here. That's fine, yeah. All right. Hit so it. 26, 27, 28. Um, so uh, 26, for he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may, be, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. All right, let's talk about this for a second. Yes. Apparently, on the way to Rome, uh, Epaphroditus fell sick, some kind of physical ailment. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw some other things that that could potentially mean, but it's all conjecture. We don't know what the illness was. Yeah, I I especially wondered, was he 
uh, there was an attempted martyrdom of him as he risked his life. And the word for ill, asthenason, mm-hmm. can mean sick, but can also mean powerless or yeah. feeble or weakened. Uh-huh. And I mean, what happens if you're physically beat up? Anesthesiology, yeah. right? Yeah. It, what happens if you're physically beat up? You're, you're powerless. Right. You're, you're weakened. Right. So. Well, and apparently it was so severe, it was close to death. Yes. Okay, so they almost died from this. Somewhere along the lines, all the Philippians heard were, hey, our apostle and liturgist mm-hmm. is close to dying. Yeah. And then nothing, right? And then they haven't heard anything yet. That's what we can kind of glean from from Paul's description here. Mm-hmm. And so one of the main reasons why I'm sending Epaphroditus with you is to let you know he's okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Paul. <laughs> right? And his his sickness was very severe. He mentions it three times in, in those verses, right? Yeah. Ill, ill. Yeah. Yeah. And then in verse 30 again, he nearly died. So <laughs> one... Uh, we learn a little bit of Epaphroditus' emotion with this. He was distressed, not at his illness, but at the Philippian concern of his illness. Yeah, and I love uh, I love the words longing and distressed because yeah. longing is epipothone, <laughs> which is to mean like longing lovingly, yeah. like a, an intense longing of love. And it can even be used in a manner of sinfulness to mean lust, to yeah. lust after someone. And so like... They make this, a movie or two about this kind of longing. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, a, it's I love you so much that I want to be there. There's a deep emotional connection. Yeah. With and then distressed ademonon, ademonon. Yeah. Um, which one commentary I read said is... Out of, there's three words for distressed or depressed in, in Greek, and they made the argument that this is the strongest right. of them. Right. So the most depressed you can be about the situation. It can, but it also provided, uh, it can also be shown in a way, and it's used in other places where um, it provides a, essentially it's a goal. Hey, I've mm. heard of their concern for me. This is why I have to get better. Yeah. Right. So oh, yeah. that's the type of, it's distress that moves you into some resolve, I guess. Yeah. I'm so distraught that I have to keep going. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, but we also learn of Paul's emotion with this, right? <laughs> yeah. So he uses the word sorrow here. Okay. In the English, it looks like he only uses it twice, mm-hmm. but in the Greek, he uses it three times. Yes, he does. All right. So in verse 27, sorrow upon sorrow, lupe. 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 Um, sorrow upon sorrow, it means grief. Um, I'm, I want, I'm sending Epaphroditus back to you t- to show you that I did not have to experience sorrow upon sorrow of him dying in front of me. So, so before we started, I read you my recent Google searches because I thought it was funny. Do, do you now see why I Googled the rapper Lupe Fiasco Lupe. and wondered, <laughs> did he call himself Lupe Fiasco? Cause it was the Greek word for sorrow. So it was like sorrow fiasco. Sorry. It's kind of the same, like it's the same <laughs> word repeated twice. Turns out no, but right. It's a fun coincidence. It is. Anyway, it, it <laughs> anyway. Is. Well, so in, in, in verse 27, that's, that's, that's what he's using there. But yeah. then in verse 28, he also uses it again, but it's alupos. Mm-hmm. Okay which means less sorrow or less anxiety. Yeah. Oh, I, again, saw one guy say it literally means free from pain and grief, like a, yeah. com- a complete lack thereof of sorrow. So I completely fell in love with that verse after yeah. reading that. I, and and I, so read that, uh, therefore, I'm saying, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him well again, okay? Mm-hmm. 
and that I may be less anxious. And I, like I read this, here's the preaching point for me. Like, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want that. Who do I got to send somewhere <laughs> to have that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want that. And, and how comforting it was for me to see Paul even being at a point where there is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. know anybody that doesn't deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, some again, this goes back to sometimes we we've kind of you, you use the word abstract, characterized people that we read about in history, and Paul's one of those. Yeah, like that he was this super Christian, right? This church starting conqueror of all things Roman culture. Yeah, and to read that he had anxiety, he had anxiety that. It not only was his friend sick, but his friend was depressed. Depressed like, and potentially dying. Also, yeah. I'm in jail while dealing with it. Yeah. Right? I'm like, okay. Uh, the, 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 maybe my anxiety is telling me <clears throat> I'm I'm in ministry too. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, even it's kind of interesting to think about how we deal with that kind of stuff because I feel like we, as people, have a tendency to go, oh, I'm just being selfish because I just want... I want this to be over. Like, and I like mm-hmm. if we see somebody being ill and mm-hmm. being depressed, especially someone we're close to, we have this idea that we're selfish for wanting it to be over. <laughs> you know, see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And it's and even Paul here is like, I am so eager to send him to you, Correct. like because I'm so excited for him not to be depressed anymore, and mm-hmm. I'm so excited for him to not be sick anymore. Yeah, and it provides some precedence for really how we feel and kind of think through the world, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's face it, we're, <laughs> I can speak for the two of us, we're messes. Yeah. Right? yeah. We're head cases. Um, and, and to constantly be concerned for the well-being of a flock, all the while dealing with your own stuff, uh, really is almost too much to take. And you and I spent a little bit of time talking about that even before we started. Mm-hmm. And, to see Paul's heart beat the same way, yeah. uh, there's there's a level of comfort might be the right word, but relatability here. Mm-hmm. Just going, okay, he he he's not a robot moving through all this stuff. Yeah. That that he he experiences pain too, and I feel like if you're saying I Jesus is calling me into a certain type of service or a certain type of vocation. Or a certain type of <laughs> X, Y, and Z, anything. <laughs> yep. Family, vocation, military, <laughs> right? Calling you into that, that what you're doing is signing up for a certain type of distress. Yeah. Anxiety. Uh, let's say, even if if you feel like Jesus is even like Jesus is calling me to park in a certain parking space. Like it can be anything. If you mm-hmm. feel if you feel like Jesus is leading you into something, you're signing up for a lot of potential issue. <laughs> like, You're signing up for some contempt and signing up for some opposition. Yeah, that can bring you into this in, into this place, and it's almost an apologetic, mm-hmm. right? Because I know people who are Jesus followers and not Jesus followers who experience anxiety all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we sit here and go, okay, well, following Jesus is supposed to cure that anxiety. Yeah, take my yoke upon you for it's easy and light. Yeah, well, his yoke is, Yeah. right? 
but mine isn't. Mm-hmm. Well, and <laughs> it's like we, I, especially with that verse, we go, oh, well, take my burden because it's easy and light. It's like his burden was dying for all humanity. Correct. Like that's not a, what kind of burden do you think that is? Like, Well, I, I think where it becomes burdensome for us is how many times we try to take that off the cross mm-hmm. and bring it on oh, ourselves. Yeah. And and that's our flesh, right? That's our that's our human sinful nature that keeps trying to own that again. Mm-hmm. And how many things we try to take on that's not ours to take on. And in reality, following Jesus is not a cure to anxiety. It's a it's a partner in anxiety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a I'm not alone in it. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's it doesn't solve our problems. It, kind of highlights them. And it's an invitation to community, which in itself is lifting. That's what lifts the burden is I don't, I still have the burden, but at least I have someone else that can help me with it. And then you have a whole group of people that can too. The greatest illustration I ever read uh, or ever saw on this, and I know it's kind of cliche, but Clydesdale horses, typical Clydesdale horse can be trained to carry a load of about 2,000 pounds or maybe a little more, maybe a little less Mm -hmm. on its own. Uh, two to three thousand pounds. Um, when you put two of them together, the kind of the math of that, you sit there and go, okay, well, they ought to be like six thousand pounds, yeah. right? Two, four, six thousand pounds, something like that. But the reality is, they can carry up to like eighteen thousand pounds when they're working together in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an illustration of community, right? That the burden doesn't go away; the burden becomes possible. Yeah. Either way, we are going to carry a cross. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do this following Jesus, or are you going to do this without following Jesus? Yeah. One of these ways we've already read brings hope, <laughs> right? There's an anchor in that. That's what makes the, I think, the yoke easy, the mm-hmm. burden light. Yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So anyway, it, to me, it's a good apologetic, um, and, and and Paul being able to honestly declare that. Um and at the end of the day, it's really better for Epaphroditus to return home than to die in service. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and Paul recognizes that, so he sends them. Um, so we have two more uh, verses with this, and, and, and we kind of see some things with that. So Paul gives the Philippians instructions. Then, So receive him in the Lord um, with all joy and honor uh, such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Um, first of all, Paul's instruction is to uh, honor Epaphroditus, yep. right? So to bring him honor, uh, intimus, in I think is how you say that, intimus. Yeah. Um, but he brings up joy, right? So in, in 28 and 29, we have rejoice and joy again, which is a common theme throughout all of Philippians. Yep. Um, in that uh, to receive him in the Lord, this is our inclusio, Right? So at the beginning of this, I have hope in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Receive Epaphroditus in the Lord. We're doing, this information is coming to you in the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right? In the Lord. Um, and that they're to honor him. Like, don't, don't think that he failed in his mission. Don't think that he failed in the thing that you sent him off to do, his, his apostolone. Mm-hmm. Right? But he accomplished what he needed to accomplish, and then some honor him. Yeah, with that. And then the only other thing I think that we need to uh, address here is, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life 
here's the word, to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Now, if we read this in 2021, American, <laughs> right? We're going, Paul, are you saying that they lacked, like that they, is this a judgment of Paul's saying that Philippians, you screwed something up? And it's not the case at all. No. And yeah, it, I think, yeah, I think in, when I first read it, being of a pastoral persuasion helped a lot because my first gut reaction was like, well, that's rude. But then I, the pastor in me went, oh no, he's saying like, you gave me a yard and Epaphroditus just gave me like what was left. <laughs> like there, I, or I need you, I needed a yard. You guys gave me uh, two thirds of that, uh-huh. which is, which was great. Uh-huh. And then Epaphroditus just met the rest. Which of the is way. a really interesting way to look at that. Right. Another way to look at this is that the Philippians recognized their own lacking. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we are we are needing Paul. Yeah. Paphroditus, go ensure that this happens. Mm. Okay? So they were lacking that. We need it. Here's what we're doing to take care of it. Interesting. And he completed what it was that you were lacking. Oh, okay. Right? I, I I like that. That my, yeah. my gut reaction was, again, to read it like, you've given so much and mm-hmm. what was left over. What... The <laughs> take a penny, leave a penny. Like right. Epaphroditus was the taking of a penny. Like I, right. I, I needed a little extra, and he was there for me. Right. And so it wasn't a slam on you guys didn't give enough, but Epaphroditus helped out. It yeah. was you guys gave out of your, you guys gave plenty, but Epaphroditus made up the lack. Well, well there's so many cool things that happened with this because I read this that the church wanted to do something more mm-hmm. specifically with and for Paul. Yeah. There's only so much we can do, so we're going to send Epaphroditus. Now here's here's kind of the clincher to this for me, okay? They send Epaphroditus, their apostle and their liturgist, right? Mm-hmm. Their guy. Yeah. Right? Who did Paul send back with them? His guy. His guy, yeah. Right? That's wild to me. That, that mm-hmm. That's incredibly intimate, and it highlights the importance of the view that Paul had of the Philippian church and the church had of Paul. Yeah. And I mean, you can, again, if you wanted to preach this, the application is so good because it can be, you need to, on a individual level, yeah, not necessarily a church sending its best to someone and then back and forth. You need to give to others and others that receive your best need to give back in the church. Like yeah. that's, that's how this church is knit together is not, it's not one gives and the other receives. It's we are mutually giving and receiving, and we're giving our best. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 not sending the you this know, is the a, JV yeah. team. This is how church. This is how this is how it's always worked. Like that's how tithing works. You give that off the top. Correct. And that's yeah. what that's what this that's what this is. He's going. You gave off the top with Epaphroditus. Yes. Let me give back yeah. off the top. And that's yeah. what how church should work. Anyway, we give every we give the off the top, and then whoever receives that out of his overflow, also gives off the top. And I kind of want to be on that road trip. Coming from Rome to Philippi, I want to travel with Timothy and Epaphroditus. Yeah. And I don't want to say anything. I want to sit in the back seat and just put my head in between the two seats and just listen to them talk. Yeah. Uh, Listen to Timothy as the son, right? Mm -hmm. And then listen to Epaphroditus, the brother, the fellow worker, and the fellow soldier, and just listen to them talk about that. Yeah. Uh, That would be a crazy... That'd be... We should podcast that. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. The only uh, other thing I had 
um, the risking his life <laughs> is such a big word. Uh-huh. It's parabolusamenos. Right. Uh, it's the only time it's used in the New Testament. That's probably because it's got so many dang letters. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think I like the, there's a translation that I like better. And uh-huh. it wasn't risking his life. It was to have disregard for his own life. That's probably and, the better way. And I like that. Yeah. I like that better. Like, risking your life sounds risky. Disregarding means I'm going to do this, and it it's fine, because well, I it, just want it, to... It, there's, it, it implies something in the translation. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. And I think our translators were probably trying to force some of that implication, mm-hmm. that it is possible that he did risk his life, and that's that's what he became ill with or, yeah. or sick with or whatever his ailment was, mm-hmm. right? The reality is we don't know. Yeah. Like we have no idea what that illness was. So we don't know if he risked his life for that or if he caught something just, just in travel. Yeah. But again, just like if you wanted to take a high view of Epaphroditus, uh-huh. he's in, he saw Jesus in the flesh, which makes made him an apostle, effectively. Right. He's uh, like one of the main ministers in Philippi. Right. And again, a high view, he risked his life in was borderline martyred almost to death. Right. Beaten for the faith. And that's what his illness was. So like a high view of Epaphroditus would be accepting all three of those things. Which, which could be true. Which is possible. Yeah. Which, which is easily possible mm-hmm. according to the Greek. Mm-hmm. Which, like I, we said at the beginning, just what a picture of Epaphroditus in a couple verses. I, I'm like, telling you, I want to be on that road trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be crazy. I want to travel with Timothy and Epaphroditus from Rome to Philippi, I want to sit there and go, okay, guys, we're away from Paul. It, Let me hear from you. And I want to understand Greek <laughs> as they speak. Even greater. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Plot twist. You're just like, God's like, yeah, deal. And then you're sitting back there and you're like, wait, I got to understand them too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just, I just want to ask the question. Yeah. Okay, we're away from Paul. Talk to me. <laughs> What's going on? It's like that joke of like, as soon as somebody leaves the room going like, so what do you guys really think about him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like doing that to Paul. Mm-hmm. And they're both just like, he's great. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. What a guy. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. We, wouldn't, we wouldn't be walking to Philippi for just a, some random guy that we don't like. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Cool beans. Good deal, man. Well, that's all we got for uh, this week of Crosstalk. If, as always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or Want to tell us we're wrong in any way, you can email me at samuelo at southrockchristian.com. He's Nick P at southrockchristian.com. If you're listening to this decades into the future, mm-hmm. we might not be here or alive, but hey, still email us. You try try Find us. Try the email. Also, you can email us even if you don't want to tell us we're wrong. Just want to say, I'm having a great day. Yeah, do that. You know, <laughs> Just say, hey, we enjoyed it. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, even if you didn't enjoy it, you say, hey, my life's going all right right now. Yeah, I realized last week, or not last week, the last time we recorded this, as I was saying, like, hey, email us, I realized that this is just on record now. And so somebody could be listening to this. Uh-huh. Ye- like, this, I could be time traveling right now, but this could be years in the future when, like, I'm 50. <laughs> and, like, it, this it, could be two it, decades <laughs> into the future. And who knows? It, like, there's there's so many things I think about with that. This church in 2021 now, because yeah. everything is recorded, documented, re- and on record. And are we going to do decades from now what we do with other stuff in history and strip all the context away from everything and take it out of context and show how yeah. 
is miserable we are. Are like my yeah, are my like grandkids gonna stumble upon this and make a meme out of a video I made on yeah on South Rock Christians? I'm gonna take uh, a snippet of a sermon I got to preach and say, look at this guy, he was nuts and oh, what just crazy terrible. Yeah. Hopefully I'm with Jesus by then and I don't care. Cross uh well yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, bleak end. Bleak end. <laughs> of Email us to tell us you're having a great day. No one's <laughs> listening to this except in the future when we all become memes. That's uh, right. So anyway, we uh, yeah appreciate anyone who listens, uh, even if it is 50 years in the future. Yeah. Next week, or uh, if this is small group material in the future, yeah. the next time you have small group uh, yeah. <laughs> is Philippians 3, 1 through 11 is the next section of scripture. Uh, feel free to email us your good days, but also questions about that if you have them. So yeah. uh, as always, I'm Sam O'Banion. That's Nick Pannon. See you guys later. See you guys later.